Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Let's ride. for the words that are recited before each and every game here at Dodger Stadium. Take it away, Finn. It's time for Dodger Baseball. What is going on, everyone? Thank you for listening to another episode of The Incline. We're recording here just a couple days before the MLB trade deadline. So who knows? Maybe the Dodgers will make a move while we're recording. Otherwise, we got to talk some Dodgers baseball. Your Los Angeles Dodgers are coming into tonight with a 61-41 and record. 102 games now in the books. And to some people out there, maybe they feel like it feels like it's worse than it actually is, but they're three games back of the San Francisco Giants. They got two more left with the Giants out there in San Francisco. David Rosenthal was just at the game yesterday. How's it going? I'm doing good, Kevin. Uh, I am one of those people uh, because this three games does feel like it's a lot more. Uh, they're not playing well. They're just not. Uh, the team needs Corey Seager and they need Mookie Betts back. They need Kershaw back. They need something, man. Uh, you know, we've been talking about it, but our, our bench guys are just not performing and we're relying on them right now. And that's why they're not winning games. It's, it's pretty simple, but you know, for the first time in what, three years since 2018, we actually have a division race to be a part of. Uh, so it is a little bit exhausting, but at the same time, it's somewhat exciting, although also infuriating. There's still a lot of baseball left and, You know, they've lost their last four of the five games played against the Giants, but they do have a 7-7 series split thus far. Last night, they did lose 2-1, and it was pretty frustrating. Jake Reiner, takeaways from the recent play. Yeah, I'm with David on this one. The Dodgers have not been playing well as as of late, and I think we're witnessing one of the worst, best teams of all time, and it's it's mind-boggling to to be a fan of this team and watch this and watch every single game like we've watched because it is one of the most unfun roller coasters I can remember in recent past, maybe 2018. But this this one feels like it's it's not so much because like a lot of people are saying that it's you know, oh, it's a 162 game season. You're gonna, you know, you're gonna have ups, you're gonna have downs, there's gonna be twists and turns and things like that. But this is not what's happening. What's happening here is that from week to week, you have the Dodgers either playing like the best team in baseball or playing like the worst team in baseball. And it's, and it's not just, Oh, they can't get the offense going one night or, or, or the bullpen's not good. It's just this lack of execution. It's, you know, having the ball on the one yard line and not being able to push it across uh, into the end zone. It just feels like with all these one run losses that they've had, what are they? They're, they're one in 10 in extra inning games or 13 mm-hmm. and 18 in one run games. It's just unacceptable. And th- these are not coin flip games as, as, as we thought previously, these are games that are winnable and that they could have won multiple. They had multiple opportunities to win. 
and they're just not executing, whether it's defensively, whether it's getting a key a sacrifice fly or a key hit here or there. They're just not doing the little things. And the difference is, is that the Giants are doing the little things because they are dealing with a lot of injuries as well. Not as much as we're dealing with, but they're, they're able to overcome that because they're just playing better baseball. Yeah, I mean, I think they did just lose the series to the Pirates, though, but they do show up against us, so we'll have to give them credit there. Uh, meanwhile, you mentioned that they're not executing. Over their last two weeks, they're 24th in Major League Baseball with runners in scoring position. They're hitting 231. It's not going to get the job done. And then when you have Cody Bellinger, who made one of the worst defensive blunders in recent Dodger mem- memories at first base, it's very frustrating. Last night's game, you know, the Dodgers had numerous opportunities to take the lead and put the Giants away. But when you have Zach McKintry up there with a full count swinging at one of the most obvious balls there is, it's going to cost them, especially when Chris Taylor belted a double right after that strikeout. Luke Rayleigh wasn't able to advance to home plate because McKintry didn't take that walk. Ultimately, Muncie didn't do the job and drive in um, Rayleigh. Instead, Rayleigh was tagged out at home plate because he was told to be sent home. It was just a disastrous effort yesterday for the Dodgers. The difference is, the difference is, right, is that Darren Ruff makes a perfect throw to the plate to get Rayleigh, and Cody Bellinger airmails a ball 30 feet over Justin Turner's head, and they score a run. That's the difference right there. That's the execution. And if you looked back at the play that Bellinger threw, I don't know. Some it wasn't even in the vicinity of Justin Turner, but the one the the, the play that he threw that ball, Max Muncy was literally in his line of vision, like right in the right in line with where he needed to throw. And so I think that had something to do with the fact of him trying to overcompensate for that. But honestly, he just should have held on to the baseball. No reason to throw the ball there, um, especially it wasn't like Posey was getting off the bag that much. Um, but yeah, that's the difference. Darren Ruff makes the throw to the plate. Perfect throw to get Luke Rayleigh. Seems like nothing, but when you compare that to what Bellinger did in the the next inning, it's like, it's night and day. Yeah, and and the thing that's not acceptable is the defense overall. I don't care if you're the replacement players. You're a Major League Baseball player. You got to play defense, and the defense overall has been abysmal. They lead the league in unearned runs, uh, so they're just not executing. And like Jake said, that's what the Giants do is they have a bunch of guys, Wilmer Flores, Donovan Solano, guys who wouldn't even see the field on a, on a healthy Dodgers team. But it doesn't matter because they're executing. They're not going to hit 300. They're not going to hit 30 home runs. But in spots that they need to execute, they're executing. And that's why the Giants are in first place. And the same goes for their pitchers. When their pitchers need to make a pitch, more often than not, they're going to make a pitch. And hey, credit to the Giants. Uh, I've been one of their biggest critics. critics. I still think they're frauds. Uh, but they're proving me wrong, and they have been all year. So I want to talk about Cody Bellinger. You know, at first we were kind of giving him a pass saying, oh, it's the injuries. He's going to turn it around, just give him some more time. But I hate to say it, but in 2021, Cody Bellinger is just outright bad. He's batting 163, 274 on base, 281 slugging in the month of July. He is batting an atrocious 108 with a 382 OPS on base plus slugging. I don't know how much longer you can put a leash on this guy. I know that they have a ton of injuries. And when we have Luke Rayleigh, McKinstry, or Noisy starting, you have to start Ballinger too. 
but now we're not even playing him in the outfield because of the hamstring. It's just pretty frustrating with Cody Bellinger right now. It is. And you know, what you have to do is play him through it. You have to just play him through it. Uh, This is a guy who won the MVP two years ago, who hit the home run to send the Dodgers to the world series last year. And when he's good, I mean, he's, he's at the top of the league. So you don't have a choice. You have to play him. You have to let him work through it. Obviously, he's not satisfied with his performance. Obviously, the Dodgers aren't satisfied with his performance. So you just have to trust the process, and you just have to keep playing him. As as rough as it is, uh, there there has been a couple bright spots uh, hitting-wise for him of late, but there's no other option. You're not sending him to AAA. You're not putting him on the bench. You have to play him, period. Yeah, I was going to say that, too. There, there's no other option. You, you You have to play him. You just have to, because guess what? Maybe he maybe he runs into one. You know, Luke Rayleigh's not running into one, but but Cody Bellinger could, and just his presence in the lineup uh, makes a pitcher think about how he's going to get Cody Bellinger out, and just that alone is. I mean, we're grasping at straws here, but that's that's what it has to be. When you don't have bets, when you don't have Seager, uh, Muncy was out for a couple of games, but he's back now. I mean. This Dodgers team is so is so banged up that you can't afford to give Cody Bellinger a breather. You just have to keep playing him because, like I was saying, he's he he can be a threat. He's may not be a threat right now, but he's the only threat we've got. Albeit not that big of a not that big of a threat at the moment. Fair enough. We have a question on Twitter from at Han Soleimani Soleimani. Why do Dodger fans treat Kenley Jansen so bad? And, you know, his question dates back to when Jansen blew his second consecutive save against the San Francisco Giants, which we haven't talked about yet. He blew three consecutive saves, I want to say, one against the Rockies and then two against San Francisco. And Dodger fans had it with him. They were booing him hardcore at Dodger Stadium. And, you know, Jansen, after the games actually seemed more upbeat than in years past when he was so down on himself. He still believes in himself. Dave Roberts has made it clear. He still believes in Kenley Jansen, but I don't think the fan, all the fans per se are riding with Kenley right now. And it's a very messy situation. I just going to say this there. You can, I mean, some, some fan bases are entirely trash, but there are fan bases that have a trash component to them. And I think every fan base has that. There are trash Dodgers fans. They're out there either on Twitter or in the stands booing their own players. And I'm not saying you can't, I'm not telling you how to be a fan, right? Do what you want to do. Freedom of speech. Personally, I'm not booing my own players, especially a guy like Kenley Jansen. You wouldn't boo Kershaw, you know, the amount of times that, that Kershaw has, has gone out there and, and stunk up in the playoffs, you know, there have been great moments too. Just like with Kenley, there have been great moments, but you're not going to boo Kershaw. I don't know why they boo Kenley Jansen. To me, it's not, the issue is not with Kenley Jansen's with Dave Roberts. And we'll get into that when we talk about what that debacle that, that occurred uh, with the giant series with the Dodgers playing at home recently. But my problem's always been with Dave Roberts is not understanding what you have when you have it and managing with your heart versus your head and using him in, in, in spots that he has no business being out there. Um, that, that's my issue. That's my issue with Kenley Jansen, not himself. He is what he is. 
He is the most, he's has the most saves in Dodgers history. I'll always respect him. I'll never boo him. I'll cheer him when he does well. And, but as a manager, as a team, you got to understand what you got and you got to go with what you have. And, and that to me is the bigger issue. Yeah. Here's my, here's my take. If you want to boo him, be my guest. He's getting paid $20 million to do a job. And if he doesn't do the job and you want to boo him, be my guest. I don't care. Here's the issue. What I do care about. If you boo him before he goes into the game, that's stupid. And you're an idiot. Uh, Because at that moment in time, he hasn't done anything bad yet. Forget the past. When he's coming into a game, he hasn't done anything yet in that game. So if you boo him there, you're, you're making a fool out of yourself. But if he blows the lead and you want to boo him off the field, boom off the field be my guest i'm personally not going to be booing dodgers players off the field you know maybe with the rare exception of like a josh reddick type guy uh but you know if you're a fan and you want to boo that's fine that's you if you're at the game you pay money to go to that game you can use your freedom of speech to boo a guy who, who didn't live up to your expectations be my guest i don't I, they he can handle it uh it's you know it's when I when you boo him before the game, then you then you get into Phillies territory, Yankees territory, and it's just not classy. And I was at one of those games, and they didn't boo him when he came into the game, but they sure as hell booed him when he came off the mound. Yeah, I, I would never boo Kenley myself. I'm with Jake. You know, I view him as arguably the greatest Dodgers closer, not only in the terms of franchise but Major League Baseball itself. He is one of the greatest games closers ever. But with that being said. You know, I, I also feel like Dave Roberts got too comfortable this season. You know, we kind of went into the year thinking, you know, Jansen's going to close some games, but we thought, cool, there'd be flexibility. Maybe Victor Gonzalez would close a night or Blake Tryon would close a night. But it's kind of like what I said entering the season, like Kenley Jansen should be a closer, but I don't think he should be the closer. And, you know, I think that's where Dave Roberts really needs to adjust moving the rest of the way forward. He got a little too complacent, got comfortable thinking like Jansen is the guy. But it's just not the case. And now here we are, late July. Jansen, either he's in a slump or he's burned out. We don't really know which one it is yet. But it's going to be on Roberts moving forward to make those adjustments. Otherwise, we'll see what happened in 2017 and 2018, where we get into the postseason and Jansen will come out in the eighth and then maybe the ninth and blow the save. Well, one thing I will say about that is I think that when you have – Jansen and Trinan as your only high leverage relievers who have been healthy the entire season, it's been difficult to not be able to rely on Kenley. And for the most part, he has been reliable and he has shown that his velocity, his velocities increased, whatever workout he did in the off season has clearly worked for him. So there, there were nights and there were games that where Dave Roberts' hands were tied and there's no, you know, there's no other option. You have to go to Kenley. But recently, now that we've, that we've gotten Joe Kelly back, now that we have turned Phil Bickford into a high-leverage guy, there are other options, especially Trinan, who in the, re- in the most recent games didn't throw that many pitches and could have definitely gone multiple innings Given the stakes that were given the given what was at stake with the Giants, I mean, you win a game, you gain a game. You lose a game, you I mean, you lose a game in the standings. I mean, each night they're they're so important those games. So I I kind of agree with you, Kevin. Um, now at least because he does have other options, and hopefully you know we've seen Knable working out, 
Um, and, and he's, he's done some rehab, uh, uh, outings and hopefully that, you know, hopefully he stays healthy and he comes back. Um, and hopefully we pick up a few relievers at the deadline to have more options, but I agree. I think I can't, I think Kenley's just running out of gas. Next question comes from Jabba the homie. How do you cure my depression? He's talking about himself. I'm not going to get into life issues, but if he's talking about just feeling down about the Dodgers recent play, I had the perfect answer for this one. I said, we played 102 games. How many games did we play last season? This is an open 60. question. 60 games. How many games do we have left this season? 60 games. That just goes to show you like, think about how much the Dodgers did last season over that 60 games. Now we're riding into 2021, 60 games left. They don't have that many games with the Giants left. They don't have that many games with the Padres left. It's really going to come down to them beating the rest of those teams. The Padres and the Giants themselves have 10 games left head-to-head. That could definitely, If they split that, I feel like that's a great scenario for the Dodgers. We just have to do our part and start beating the Rockies, the Diamondbacks. I know we got some games with the Braves, a lot of games with the Mets. So there's a lot of winnable games on the schedule for the Dodgers. They just have to get healthy, obviously. It sucks that we can't beat the Giants and the Padres. I mean, those are the two teams we need to be able to beat. Well, and it just, I mean, it we're just seven and seven. It doesn't feel like we're seven and seven, but we are seven and seven against the Giants. I'm with you though. Go ahead. Right, but not recently. Um, no. When when the when the games have, I mean, if you want to talk about when the games have mattered more, they've mattered more recently. Just given the stage we are in the season and how many games back we are from the Giants. These games are crucially important, and it, it is just frustrating um, that this team can't get up for these series, and they play their worst baseball against these teams. That's frustrating to watch. So I totally get where that fan is coming from. Cool. From Can I Finish Pod, what will we see first? Julio Urias pinch hitting for Cody Bellinger or Blake Trine in closing? Uh, you're going to see, closing. you're going to see Blake trying and closing <laughs> way before you see Julio Arias hitting for, for Bellinger. I agree with that. That would be such well. a slap in the face to Cody Bellinger. My goodness. <laughs> All right. I'm, I'm going to build off his question though. Let's say the Dodgers get Craig Kimbrell from the Cubs. What's the uh, ninth inning look like? Yeah, that's a really tough question. I think, I think you like, like Kevin was saying, I think it needs to be a mix and match. I don't think you say like, Oh, you're the closer, or, you know, Ken Lee, or you're the closer Craig Kimbrell. It is who can get the ninth inning, like who can get the heart of the order when it matters and who can pitch in the highest leverage of situations. And you go with that guy. Yeah. Yeah. We'll talk. I, I, I would agree. I think, I think that's the thing. I think getting Kimbrell from the Cubs is more than just an acquisition. I think that sends a message to basically Kenley Jansen and to the organization that, you know, we're going to, we're going to go with the matchups and we're going to go with who's hot right now. Uh, I mean, Kimberl's got an ERA under one uh, you know, I'm sure the peripherals are, are right around there too. I haven't looked into it too much. Uh, but look, if you, if you get a guy like that and you got trying in there, I think that's basically open season to be like, look, we got 60 games left. We're going to go with the hot hand here. Yeah, MLB trade headline talk. We'll do some more of that in about 15 minutes or so. But this one comes from our good friend at intern Phil. Between 
Kenley Jansen, or Joe Kelly, who is more likely to return in 2022? That's a good one, Jake. Between uh, Joe Kelly and Kenley Jansen? Mm-hmm. If I had to, I don't think either of them are returning, but if I had to pick, yeah. I'm probably going to go Jansen. Um, just because Joe, even, even though, even though Jansen is getting older, he's still more reliable in terms of his health than Joe Kelly is, which is saying a lot because Joe Kelly, I, I assume Joe Kelly is quite a bit younger than Kenley Jansen. Um, and we've had nothing but injuries and issues with Joe Kelly. Now, granted, he is pitching well at the moment, um, although that sucked the other day when he was able to, to, to lock up that save and then he rolled his ankle. But um, I, I, think in, I think if you had to choose between the two of them in terms of reliability, you're going to go with Kenley. But I, honestly, I don't think either of them are coming back. Yeah, so surprisingly, they're the same age. Uh, oh. I would have thought the same thing. But Kelly does have a $12 million club option which the Dodgers are surely to decline with a bunch of guys they have to pay. Uh, and I think Kenley Jansen's going to get a nice contract from a bullpen needy team. Uh, I think I've told th- these guys here all along, I think Kenley Jansen is destined to be a Philadelphia Philly. Uh, they are, they have been desperate for relievers for, for years. Uh, and then you got to look at the guys, the Dodgers are returning next year. Caleb Ferguson's going to be back from his Tommy John. Tommy Conley's going to be back from his Tommy John. Uh, so they, they got a, a solid bullpen returning. Hopefully they'll be able to bring Knable back. I'm sure he'll want to stay with the organization. Uh, so look, Trinan's under contract. So yeah, I agree. I don't think we're going to see either of them again. Uh, but realistically I would go with Joe Kelly. I could see him signing a, you know, less, uh, less than a 12 AAV deal for maybe a two year, $10 million deal. Who knows? Yeah. I'm with David on that one. I think Jansen's going to get a very lucrative contract this coming off season. I mean, he's the best closer on the free agent market, unless Kimbrell, I think he has also a team option as well. If he gets bought out, then obviously he might be the guy, but there's going to be a lot of teams that want Kenley Jansen because they know what he's done in the past and health is a big part of it as well. So I, I agree with both you guys. And I actually think Jansen could be a Padre. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> Feels like he's going to be a Marlin. That could happen too. They did trade Yimi Garcia to the Astros, so they're gonna need a they're gonna need a new closer out there. All right, another question from Mark Lubienski. Shout out to the UK because that's where he said he's hanging out right now. Because that's where he lives. Who are you prioritizing in the offseason of these three guys to re-sign? Chris Taylor, Clayton Kershaw, or Corey Seager? That's a good question. <laughs> I mean, I think based on what's happened this year, Chris Taylor has got to be at the top of the list there. I think the Dodgers really have to make a decision on whether they trust that Corey Seager can can stay healthy. And I, I know this year he got hit on his hand, but the dude's not recovering for some reason. It's just taken so long to get back from this injury. And he seems like he's always on the shelf. Um, and so that's a, real, that's a real decision that they have to make. Um, but I, if I had to rank them i would say chris taylor would be my priority then kershaw and then seager i i think kershaw is has got to be the priority uh first of all he's still elite so i don't want to hear anybody else saying he's not 
look at his numbers before he got hurt. He was leading the, the Dodgers pitching staff in war and basically should have been an all-star. Second, second aspect of that, you can't let him throw another pitch in, a, in another uniform. I don't think he wants to throw another pitch in a uniform. I don't think he's going to ask for $30 million a year, even if he could get it from a desperate team. Uh, and I just don't see him leaving, period. Uh, I think he'll make it work contract-wise. Uh, and I, I would also put Chris Taylor ahead of Corey Seager. He's gonna, I think he's going to get close to a $100 million contract. I think he could get within the 80, 90, 100 at most. Uh, and Seager, despite all these injuries, uh, I think some team is going to be willing to put him at DH or put him at first base because I don't think he's a shortstop long-term and, and give him 175, 200 something million dollars. And Dodgers got a lot of guys to pay and who knows what's going to happen with this Bauer contract. So we'll see. But I, I, you know, in terms of priority, it's, it's Kershaw for me. I disagree about the Kershaw money part. Uh, if you look at a sport track, he's projected to make a $34 million AAV. That was before the injury. And they said he could sign a four-year deal worth that value. I think, Easily, Kershaw is going to get what he's already made, plus maybe a little more because of inflation. I don't see him taking a hometown discount, even despite the fact that he's super rich. I just don't see why. Why would you take less when the money's potentially there? He's For- made over $300 million in just salary. That doesn't include Hancock tires, Skechers, all these other endorsements. But he's he's set, man. He 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 doesn't. He's not going to be penny pinching. This man wants to finish his career. If there was a, a salary cap league, I would agree, but it's not. I really but, don't think he's going to penny pinch for an extra $10, 20000000 million. I really, I really don't. For okay, so for me to answer the question, my priority, despite the injury, is still Corey Seager. We stink without him. I don't <laughs> care. We're we need a big game bat, and Corey Seager was that guy. You know, the debate used to be Cody Ballinger or Corey Seager. Who, which guy do we want to lock up long-term? And I felt like the majority said, yeah, it's Cody Ballinger because he has that defense. Well, we a lot of people will rag on Seager saying he's injury-prone. Well, Corey, um, Cody Ballinger is facing a lot of injuries himself, and I'm kind of getting sick of it. Every time it seems like he's about to heat up, he pulls a hamstring or he gets stepped on weird. Or he has off-season shoulder surgery. <laughs> the injuries are piling up, and picture that SpongeBob meme with the fish in the casket in the cast. That's Cody Bellinger right now. Uh, yeah, Chris Taylor's gonna get himself a nice payday. I would probably prioritize him second, if I'm being honest. I think he'll get close to AJ, what AJ Pollock got, but a little bit more. I, I would hope. Although AJ Pollock was an All-Star, but before he signed that contract with the Dodgers himself. You know, Clay Kershaw, he's the greatest pitcher, arguably, in Dodgers franchise history, but they don't need to re-sign him. They have a lot of young arms waiting in the wings. Ryan Pepio, Josiah Gray, Bobby Miller, um, Dustin May, hopefully by 2023. So I think you're signing Kershaw more as a legacy thing as opposed to a win now. And that's not to diminish Kershaw by any means, but I wouldn't put him up as the priority at this point anymore. Um, anything to add to that or should we move on? Let's move, move on. on. All right. I want to take a few minutes before we jump into the trade deadline talk to just call out some other players who either stink or are doing well. So I'll start with AJ Pollock because that was the guy that really needed to step up. He was abysmal through June. 
Then I asked the question, who would do better, Pollock or Lux? And, you know, they both were starting to turn the corner. Lux did get placed on the IL, and who knows how long he'll be out because it's a hamstring injury. Meanwhile, AJ Pollock had a huge month of July so far. Seven home runs, a 1.133 on-base plus slugging. So just shout out to AJ Pollock, who has proven all the haters wrong. I'll be one of them because I, ra- I rag on him a lot. But we really needed his offense and that veteran presence to carry us while a lot of other guys are down. So thank you, AJ. Yeah, I mean, I have to give another shout out to Chris Taylor. I just think that this dude has carried this team um, through through the um, the the bad offense from Cody Bellinger, the injury to Mookie Betts. Chris Taylor has stayed hot pretty much the whole year, but recently he's just absolutely lighting it up. Um, and and he he is he is the he is carrying this team. I, I you know he he's Dave Roberts has put him in the leadoff spot. He hasn't missed a beat. He's actually played better since they moved him there. And I couldn't, I couldn't be happier with him. Um, and, and same goes to Justin Turner. I'm going to shout out Walker Bueller and Julio Arias uh, because yes. with all these injuries and other factors, these two have been absolutely wonderful for the Dodgers. Without them, we are toast. We are in third place. We are in trouble. Uh, and they've, they've stepped up uh and been absolutely phenomenal uh bueller has has solidified himself as the true ace uh i feel like we already kind of knew that uh but he really has been that guy for us and it's a shame that the dodgers have wasted several of his starts uh one of those in san francisco they wasted a great area start in san francisco i believe uh or uh, in la against san francisco yep and um they're doing everything they can, man. Uh, they're they're keeping us afloat along with Taylor and and, and Muncie, but we're we're toast without them. So you got you got to give credit to them. Yeah, yeah. The wasting wasting those outings, two outings in a row from Urias they've wasted. Yep. Um, that have been absolutely dominant, and it's just it just sucks. Um, and and, and especially for Bueller too, who's uh, I think it's his birthday today. It is he's going. He's going tonight uh, while we're recording this on a Wednesday. So hopefully he can be that. Um, I mean, this, I mean, you know, if, if he looks at it from the standpoint of like, this is, you know, a one game playoff or one of these, you know, big games that he always gets up for. I think this has to be one of them. Um, the Dodgers need to find a way to win this series somehow. And if he can turn it around and get us a game uh, here, then the rubber game uh, on Thursday, is it a four game series, or three game series, three Three. Okay. So the rubber game on Thursday, if we, if the Dodgers win Wednesday, you know, who knows what can happen, but this is a very important second game of the series for sure. Yes, absolutely. Calling out some players who suck. Zach McKinstry. I don't know what happened to this guy. He was on fire. Then he got hurt. Hasn't been the same since batting 119 in July. Sheldon noisy and Luke Rayleigh. Garbage. If I if I have to not see them ever again in a Dodgers uniform, I won't complain. I don't know what more we need to see out of Rayleigh. I think he's 26 as well. So, And these are guys, I want to add this too, these are guys that are supposed to be in the major league level. Like these aren't AAA, AA guys that we're calling up prematurely because we're desperate. No, these were guys that missed the cut to begin with because our roster was so deep. 
now, you know, this was their time to shine and they're blowing it. So just, I don't, it's a really frustrating situation when you have like DJ Peters, Luke Rayleigh, Sheldon Noisy, Mitch White, Edwin Yuseta, all guys that were waiting for their opportunity and none of them are running away with it. Yeah, I don't have anyone specific to call out. I, I'm just going to call out every Dodger replacement, all of them. Uh, they have been bad, just plain bad. And there's nothing you can really say to describe the overwhelming failure of them as a group uh, because they have just done pretty much everything wrong. Uh, and I, I do feel bad for them because it's not an easy sport to play. And, you know, at some point, you know, you've reached your peak and at some point you're, you're caught in between AAA and major leagues. And that's just the story for some guys, but I I've just been astounded that not any of them have shown that they really belong. Uh, and like Kevin said, I mean, some of these guys are, are 26 and this is their, this is their, this was their opportunity. Uh, maybe they'll get another one, maybe from another team who knows. Uh, but man, uh, Billy McKinney, the guy we picked up off waivers has been the only one who's been able to do anything. Uh, he got the RBI single last night, tried to stretch into a double, didn't work out, but I've seen him get like at least three hits, which is to me monumental for, for what we've seen from these other guys. Uh, and he wasn't even in the system. So I don't know what's going on in Oklahoma city, uh, but something needs to change. Uh, these guys need to be ready to go. And they're, and they're just, they're just not there. Yeah. Every time they, every time they bring someone up, whether it's Rayleigh, Zach Rex, DJ Peters, Sheldon noisy, I'm thinking like, come on, one of these guys has to work out. Like one of yeah. them has to be good. And I hate to say it. I know he was not good to, to start this season. He was really bad, but Edwin Rios, I think the Dodgers are missing someone like that. Um, Edwin Rios has been good for this team. Uh, has it wasn't good at the beginning of this year. Turns out he was injured, but they're really missing, you know, good productive bats off the bench. That's why in 2019, it was such a luxury when, when Verdugo came up and when uh, Matt Beatty came up and there yeah. was, and Will Smith, and you had that night where it has never been, I don't think it'll ever be repeated where a rookie walks it off three nights in a row we haven't even, I mean, we're asking for a base hit here and there. Like we're excited. I think Rayleigh got a hit last night. He did. I was, he did. I was jumping for joy. I'm like, you know, it's like that, um, like that line, a little big league where, where the pitching coach says to Billy, he goes, son, you're getting, isn't it disconcerting? You're getting this excited over a seeing eye single. I mean, that's literally where we're at with the, with these guys. It's bad. It's just bad. And why the, why the hell was Beatty not playing last night over Rayleigh? I mean, Rayleigh got, he got, he got a blue pit to left field. So, I mean, I guess it worked out, but what, what the hell are we doing here? <laughs> what is the justification know. for that? Under what circumstances does Rayleigh deserve to start over Beatty? I'm not saying Beatty's yeah. going to blow us out of the water, but at least he's proven he can hit. There's no explanation other than they're trying to boost his trade value and it just continues to fly back in our faces. I will give a shout maybe out. They, maybe they thought defensively because they had to put Bellinger at first that they needed someone a little more, a little better in the outfield. I don't think Beatty's a great outfielder. 
Yeah, I guess, but probably what it was. I mean, you know, Rayleigh's no defensive too. wizard out there either. So, oh, uh, you know what I will say about Rayleigh? He gets his ass down the line on his little ground outs. He, does, he hustles. He does. He does hustle. One guy was gonna also just quick shout out to Josiah Gray. I know it's really tough coming back from a shoulder injury, even if it's a minor one. He had to find himself really quickly while he was rehabbing out in AAA or whatever system he was in. But over his first two outings, I know the first one he got roughed up a little bit. Second one he showed, he showed great promise. And it's really awesome to see a guy like that who's worked really hard, get his opportunity. And so far, overall, he's been really impressive. So I look forward to more starts from Josiah Gray. All right, everyone. It's time to talk some MLB trade deadline. This is one of my most favorite times of the year. And, you know, I'm just going to throw it out there right now, be honest. I've been awful with my trade deadline predictions. I think the last couple years, I know for sure last season, I got quote tweeted by Old Taste Exposed, freezing cold takes, because I got every single prediction wrong. That's this so season, good. That's a, That's been a dream of mine. That's an honor. This yeah, season, yeah. I am on the same path. I had Tyler Anderson to the Phillies. I then updated myself saying, hey, I got one right. Thank goodness. And then literally two minutes later, we get an update saying trade canceled, no Anderson to the Phillies. And I'm like, go figure. And then he gets traded to the Mariners later that evening. But nonetheless, I know everyone Everyone wants to know what the Dodgers are up to. We have a few rumors out there. Let's start with the most exciting one, Max Scherzer. Scherzer has been linked to not only the Dodgers, but also the Padres and the Giants, among another couple of teams or so. Uh, the things I'll just say real quick about Scherzer, he wants to play for the West on the West Coast. Uh, the Dodgers is, would fit that bolt, would fit that mold, excuse me. And then um, JP Morosi on MLB Network earlier today said that because Scherzer has a no trade clause, that he expects this trade to possibly get done today, Wednesday at midnight. So who knows what will happen there, but let's just open it up. What are your thoughts? Does Max Scherzer fit what the Dodgers need. hundred percent. I mean, who, I mean, who wouldn't want Max Scherzer in their rotation, even if you didn't need another starter, you could always use more pitching and especially come playoff time. You're going to want to stack up at least three really good starters. And he would be that third guy. Now we don't know if, you know, what Kershaw is going to be like when he comes back, but Dodgers definitely need starting pitching. And he would be the most elite starter that they could acquire. And I'm in the camp of people that say, let's get Max Scherzer. So San Diego or San Francisco or Houston doesn't get him. And we can just kind of stash him so that we have him. And he would obviously help us a lot. Now it's, it is tricky because he, I believe he would want to sign an extension if he were to get, if he were to okay a trade to a certain team. And I don't know what the, you know, how the Dodgers would feel about that. Also, what would it take to get him? Are the Dodgers comfortable giving up a Kiebert Ruiz? I mean, that yeah. has been the one guy that everyone is asking about. And there's also a report today that Bruce Dargrado is also 
someone that people are asking about as well. So what would you be willing to give up for Max Scherzer? And would you be willing to give it up just for Scherzer? Or would you require someone else to be thrown into the deal like Trey Turner? Yeah, that's the key for me. Uh, Obviously, I would love to have Scherzer on the team, but for what price? And that's the most important part. Uh, I'm not trading Caber Ruiz just for Max Scherzer. I'm just not doing it. Uh, Scherzer has two months left on his contract. Caber Ruiz has six years left under team control before he can even be a free agent. Uh, Look what this guy's doing in AAA. Uh, Granted, I know that doesn't necessarily translate as we've painfully seen this year. Uh, But look, man, I mean, this guy's been hyped up for years. I'm not trading away this catcher uh, for two for two two months of a, of a rental of a 36 year old pitcher. I'm just not. Now, if you include Trey Turner or maybe Brad Hand in there, then you have my attention. Uh, but just for Scherzer, hard no. And I think Friedman is is going to be aligning with me on this. Uh, this this is Andrew Friedman doesn't just give up his top guys. Uh, the only time we've seen him give up any top guy is in the Mookie Betts trade. And those are the guys he, he got in the, in the red swap. Uh, so frankly, I expect Caber Ruiz to be a Dodger after this trade deadline. Uh, I don't think, I think the nationals are going to insist on Ruiz and I don't think that the Dodgers are going to budge. And I still think they got some other options. I think they're the Cubs. Uh, if any trade is going to be made, I think it's going to be made with the Cubs and that whether that's for Craig Kimbrell, Kyle Hendricks, Chris Bryant, that's to be seen. But I think there's a much better pairing there. I think the Cubs are going to be more realistic in what they're asking for, whereas the Nationals know they're in the driver's seat here, uh, and they're going to have the Padres coming to them. They're going to have the Giants coming to them. They're going to have the Blue Jays, the Red Sox coming to them. So they can put all these demands. They don't have to make a deal with the Dodgers, whereas the Cubs are going to be a bit more willing to negotiate here. That's what I was thinking. But then the reports came out that the Cubs want Joey Bart in exchange for Chris Bryant, and I don't – think that's a fair trade whatsoever so I, I don't know where the, the the talks stand there but going back to the Scherzer subject I'm willing to trade anyone that's in the minor leagues with the exception of Caber Ruiz Ryan Pepio and Bobby Miller so yes I didn't say Diego Cartaya he's out there for me I will trade him to bring in Scherzer I know that he's being compared to Salvador Perez but I'm willing to take that risk we have a lot of guys in the farm system Landon Knack is a great arm. We could expend him because they just drafted a whole bunch of other pitchers. Uh, my, my gut says that the Dodgers get this deal done with the Nationals. And I think they not only will bring in Max Scherzer, but they'll bring in one relief pitcher, whether it's Brad Hand or bring back Daniel Hudson, who pitched for the Dodgers in 2018. I like the Cubs package better. I just, I don't I know. It's, I mean, I don't, it's it, not going to be all three. I really don't think it's going to be. No, I mean, I'm saying if, if we get, if we can get, I mean, not, you know, not just Kyle Hendricks, but if we were to get, and Chris Bryant would be such a great fit for this offense. He would, he would, he would fit so well into this lineup and defensively too. Um, I just, I, you know, I, I think, I think Chris Bryant would be, would be a great addition, but you got to get at least two players from the Cubs, if not all three. But I don't know. I mean, I don't know what the Dodgers are, are, are thinking here because they've stacked the farm with elite catchers and they have an elite catcher already at the major league level in Will Smith. So I don't know what their plan is. And maybe maybe it's to move Smith to a different position at some point. 
or maybe develop Keeper Ruiz as a first baseman at some point, but it seems like they have far too many catchers at this point. Well, you got to factor in the DH is, is coming. It's coming. So yeah. there's not going to be a problem starting both of them if you, if you if they warrant it. Right. Right. Do we see Keeper Ruiz though come up? I mean, what what is Here's I mean, here's what, what I What is holding us back from bringing this guy up? The trade deadline. That is the only thing holding us back. I guarantee you're hiding him there. Uh, you think a hundred percent, they wanted to keep mashing in triple a, which he is absolutely doing uh, in case they find a suitor for him and a package that Friedman deems acceptable. Uh, if you call him up, that opens up a different can of worms. So they're, they're hiding him in triple a until this trade deadline. If he's a Dodger after the trade deadline, we will see him this year. If these struggles continue, uh, he doesn't have to play every day, but you got 60 games left to close the gap. Uh, you're going to see him up in the big league club. You're not going to see Rayleigh. You're not going to see noisy. You got versatility all over the roster. If you need to carry three catchers, you put Austin Barnes at second base. Sometimes you put him on the bench. You put, do whatever you need to do. Uh, but his bat will be here. If he's a Dodger in, in 2021. Yeah. I mean, he's easily a September call up regardless, but oh, I think it'll be before that, Kevin. I really do. I, I, I think they're done dicking around here with, with these triple a guys. I, I really, really do. I think if there was no trade deadline and there wasn't serious, they didn't have serious needs. I think you would have already been here. Uh, maybe, but they're also taking losses right now by not having them up here. Um, another I, guy, maybe. another guy that the daughters were linked to Jose Barrios, Barrios um, of the Minnesota twins. I don't see that one happening. I don't think he gets traded at all. I think the asking price is just too monumental, but would you be okay if they got Barrios from the Twins? I mean, yes. He's got another year of control. Uh, I would I would welcome him onto the team for sure. Uh, but that's going to be quite a steep ask as well. They're probably going to want Ruiz too. Uh, and then you got to look into the future here. Uh, you're going to get your starting pitchers back at some point. I, I know we just discussed this. I, I don't think Kershaw is going anywhere. Dustin May is probably coming back at some point next year. Maybe not full strength, but at some point. Uh, Josiah Gray looks like he belongs here. And then you got PPO who's, who's Pepio who's, who's about to be ready. He, he, I mean, he looks great. So we could see him next year. So I don't know. It's a, it's a tough one there. I think they're more interested in, you know, expiring contracts. Although Hendricks is another guy who has multiple years of control. So, I mean, Scherzer is definitely the best fit. It's just a matter of the asking price in my opinion. We have a question from Dodgers and memes pick your duo kyle Hendricks and chris bryant luis castillo and nick castellanos kyle gibson and joey gallo but obviously gallo is now now not available so you could do kyle gibson in a batter of your choice i guess max scherzer and trey turner or barrios and buxton uh for i guess a trade package which duo do you want the dodgers to go for pick your Wow. If, if we could have, I mean, in a perfect world, right. Is that, is that what we're, what we're saying or realistic? Yeah. Well, realistic. I mean, the, the most realistic ones are the ones we've talked about already, which are, which are Scherzer and Turner or Bryant and Hendricks. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Those are the well, most realistic ones. Yeah. But, but Castillo and, and Nick Castellanos would be dope. Yeah. But they're, they're, they're buying they just made a trade. They got Michael Givens from Colorado. They're not. They're not selling. Right. Uh, right. That's why. Which, I asked which is about... stupid, in my opinion. I feel like they're in this. 
this twilight zone every year where they're like, well, we're within like six games of the division. So maybe we won't sell. And it, I don't know that I think they need to blow that team up in my opinion, but I'm with you, Jake. I, I, I'm picking the same duo as you. I'm picking Max Scherzer and Trey Turner easily. Scherzer is a bona fide hall of famer and ace. You probably make him your number three come postseason, And now you have Trey Turner. You could add him near the top of the lineup. And, you know, second base is open in my book. I know Gavin Lux was supposed to be that guy, but he's just not getting the job done. And I'm willing to bench him for the rest of the season if that means Trey Turner gets his spot. Yeah, that would be great. Just real quick, also, we got some we got some Dodgers news real quick. Dave Roberts just said Seager felt really good and recovered the right way, and they're hoping to activate him this weekend in Arizona. Let's go. That'd be great. Like he that. was supposed to be back July 19th. Mookie Betts was supposed to be back Tuesday. It's now Wednesday. He's supposed to be back this weekend. Also having a scorching hot July with a 1.102 OPS. So Mookie Betts. Yeah, he was looking real good. And a 370 batting average, I should add. He was looking good. I know some people were starting to wonder, should Chris Taylor be the leadoff hitter? Because he's been doing so well. No, it's still Mookie Betts. But final question right i mean keep in mind keep in mind taylor's been hitting wherever you put him exactly Doesn't matter what Doesn't part matter. of the lineup that's a good point is there anything else trade deadline wise you want to discuss any giants padres Dodgers? yeah i just wanted to say i just wanted to say real quick the mayor i don't know what 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 are they doing like that they they are in a position where they are in the wild card race to make the playoffs and they make a move for Tyler Anderson, but then they also trade away their closer in the in in the division to the Astros. I don't get that. And apparently, according to reports, the players weren't happy about it either. I don't blame them. I mean, trade away your closer, that's not a winning mentality. And they didn't really get much in return for them, even though Abraham Toro, who they got in the in the deal, hit a home run today against the and Astros. Yes- and right? yesterday. Oh, oh, two days in a row? Yep. For both teams, right? Or for, right? No, he's had two home runs as a Mariner. As a Mariner. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, in the, sh- in the in short, the short term, term, it's working out, but yeah, yeah I, I hear you. But they're close. I mean, I don't know. Giving up their closer, like what, what, I don't understand. You add a starter, then you trade away your closer. It doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, I'm with you here. Um, the thing I wanted to, I wanted to bring up is the Padres and the Giants. Uh, I think a lot of how this division race is going to shape up is not what the Dodgers do or don't do, but more so what the Padres and Giants do. Uh, Because AJ Preller is not going to sit on his ass. Uh, He just got all-star Adam Frazier, and I can tell you he's not done. He was in on Joey Gallo before the Yankees got him. Uh, but, But AJ Preller is going to be willing to sacrifice pretty much anybody in his farm system, I would guess, uh, to, to get over the hump. Uh, he knows that this is maybe one of the best chances the Padres are going to have to win a World Series. Uh, they have Their offense is legit. And when you got guys like Snell and Paddock, who are pretty much abysmal most of the time, uh, they're going to they're gonna try to do something. And then you, then you look at the Giants, who – are somehow have the best record in baseball just by executing. But what do they look like if they get Max Scherzer? What do they look like if they get Chris Bryant or Kimbrell? Uh, so I'm, I'm more so worried about what they're going to do as opposed to what the Dodgers are not or 
or yes or no, or in terms of what they're going to get. So that's, that's kind of what I'm keeping an eye on. I'm just hoping all these guys don't go to those teams. Uh, At the end of the day, it would be pretty funny if the Padres or the Giants sacrificed their top prospects like Bart or Hassel or Abrams or Gore uh, for a Scherzer type player and, and lost to the Dodgers anyway. But I don't know those two teams. You you got to keep an eye on them, and and then at some point they're they're not going to sit on their hands. And and Farhan knows what he's doing, so I think he, this is the year where he's he's might pull some trigger on uh, on sending away some prospects. Last year I was okay with the only deadline deal being we gave away Ross Stripling. Yeah, because the Dodgers were so good at that point, and they were all healthy and gelling on every single level. This year is the complete opposite of that where there are so many holes in this team. And if you're banking on all of these guys coming back and being not only healthy, but producing at a level that wins ball games, like Mookie Betts and Corey Seager and Clayton Kershaw and Corey Knable and even Bellinger, if he wakes up out of this funk, that's just too many variables to rely on to not make a move. So I really hope that the Dodgers are cooking up something big and we make several moves because we need it. They're making a move. I can guarantee it. Yeah, I'm with you. I think it's going to be a pitching wise. It's going to be an arm that we're really excited about bat wise. I don't think it'll be like anything too big. Maybe they go after Jonathan scope. I think he fits this team very nicely. Chris Bryant is my number one option, but I just don't see it happening at this point. I don't think we're going to make a trade with the Cubs. I think Craig Kimbrell is just making too much money. Why would we pay for a reliever when we clearly need a starter? Yeah. I think our bullpen is fine overall at the end of the day. It's just not my, it's not my priority. Getting an arm definitely helps, but I still think a starter oh, I, is what you need. I think the bullpen is a priority. I think it is. With Kenley being shaky, I don't, I don't trust all of these guys. I just don't. I think you got to get proven high leverage, at least one proven high leverage guy in that bullpen. They'll get him. His name's Corey Knable. And what's nice about the postseason, assuming we get there, of course, you only need four starters. And the Dodgers proved they only needed three starters to win their World Series. You got Julio Urias. You can flex him in at times. Tony Gonsolin, hopefully he's more of a factor this go around. David Price, you know, he's been looking nice right lately. Throw him in the bullpen. So they're going to have a lot of options nonetheless. And then, of course, Jimmy Nelson, who I don't think we've even brought up once, has just been exceptional this season. Yeah, he's been great. So, yeah. all right. Apparently, the uh, Padres are prioritizing starting pitching now after missing on Gallo, is what the uh, reports are saying. And they're talking about Barrios uh, more so than Scherzer, it looks like. But I don't know, man. If I if I'm betting on it, I'm betting AJ Preller gets one of them because that that dude is is a madman. Uh, he doesn't care how many times he misses; uh, he's gonna keep firing. Yeah, I mean, as long as they don't give up Mackenzie Gore, I think I think anyone else is fair game. But well, Abrams and Hassel better be going in one of those trades. Otherwise, <laughs> I'm gonna have a word with the, uh, the Nationals or the Twins. <laughs> Let's close out this show on a high note. We'll do our final thoughts. And if there's anything else around Major League Baseball you guys wanted to cover real quick, we got a few more minutes to spare. 
No, I'm good. I mean, I think given given all of the um, the struggles and injuries and deficiencies and the bad defense and the mood swings and the streakiness of this team to still be where we are is quite remarkable. And I put put this out early this morning. We need a deep dive on how the hell this is happening because it's not like it's not like we've had you know, all of these injuries have forced us to lose games. We, we primarily lose games because we just don't execute. And if you're in, and a lot of people say, oh, well, you know, we got a bunch of, you know, triple A guys up at the major league level. Look, if you're brought up to the major league level, that doesn't give you an excuse not to execute. That doesn't give Sheldon noisy an excuse not to stretch out and catch a ball from Chris Taylor to end the ball game. Yeah. It doesn't give Will Smith an excuse to shit the bed when he's got the bases loaded, nobody out in the ninth inning. All he's got to do is hit a fly ball and you beat the freaking Rockies. That stuff happens way too often. That stuff has happened way too often this year. And so it is, it is quite remarkable that the Dodgers are in the position that they're in and they should be thanking their lucky stars and they need to capitalize on this moment and make as many deals as possible to fill as many holes as possible. That's where I'm at. Uh, like I said, more so keeping an eye on the Giants and the Padres, uh, because I know when we're at full strength, we, we're, we're fine. Uh, we just need to get healthy. If we get healthy, we're fine. I don't even care if we don't even trade for anybody. I mean, they probably need to trade for a starter to eat some innings, but David Price and Tony Gonsolin have looked serviceable. Uh, and then when you get to the playoffs, you know, you got your three guys and, and you know, it would be nice to get an, another starter. Uh, but again, I'm more so looking at these Padres and these Giants. What are they going to do? Uh, Milwaukee has added a bunch of nice pieces. They got Adamas early in the year. They just got Eduardo Escobar. Uh, so the National League is not a joke this year. It's it's going to be a, a, a very tough, tough sled in the playoffs. But again, the key all along for me, in, in trade deadline included, is just get this team healthy. Get Betts back, get Seeger back, get Kershaw back, get Knabel back, get Lux back, get everybody back. Uh, we need these major league guys to be back and contributing. As bad as it might feel, it really hasn't been that bad. If the Dodgers were to finish 500 the rest of the way, they'd still win over 90 games. So I have high hopes for the last 60 games. David mentioned it. Corey Seeger will be back. When he Hopefully. does return, I expect an explosive outburst by Seager himself and Mookie Betts. Hopefully he gets that hip right. But yeah, other than that, you know, two games with the Giants, we got to beat them. It's just getting inexcusable. All right, rapid fire. Where does Scherzer end up? Oh, pick a team. The Dodgers. Uh, Dodgers. Wow, that was that was flustered, Jake. That was... Uh, because I'm, I don't know, I'm just like... If we don't give up, if we don't give up Kiebert Ruiz, are they going to give a Scherzer? I, I don't think so. I don't think so either. So now I'm that was my hesitation because like if if we're not giving up Kiebert Ruiz, he's going to the Padres. That's kind of where I'm at, but I'm kind of yeah. I'm kind of reserved to it. We've hit Scherzer before, so I'm not tripping too hard. All right, Chris Bryant, rapid fire, San Francisco. I don't know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think if we don't get Scherzer, we're getting we're getting a, a package of Chris Bryant, Chris Bryant, Kimbrel, Chris Bryant, Hendricks, okay. Dodgers. 
All right, fair enough. Well done. That's all I got for you. What about what about you, David? You're not gonna like my answers, but I'll stick them to you. But, but Giants and Padres. Scherzer to the Padres, Bryant to the Giants. Good stuff. I mean, we were told we were gonna have to trade Walker Bueller to get Manny Machado, and that certainly didn't happen. So yeah, that's true. Plus, the the, the later this gets. You know, the, the more the more pressure the Nats are going to feel to get something done. Ex- exactly. You know, the Nationals aren't going anywhere. Steven Strasburg has been a disaster since they re-signed him. They got to pay Juan I will, Soto. I will say this though: I think there's going to be one trade that the Dodgers make where we're all three, all three of us are going to go, "What the hell? We didn't even oh, know yeah. like I was, you know, yeah. we didn't even know like I was available, or like it's going to be some weird friedman deal could involve or, or we're not gonna or we're gonna be like who the hell is that guy and then he's gonna be right. pretty decent for us in the bullpen <laughs> right good stuff all right everyone make sure to give us five stars follow us on twitter at the incline pod make sure to subscribe to the episode of the incline dodgers of course next time you hear from us might be really soon because we got some post mlb trades to break down for you guys but in the meantime have a good one Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.